Right. What are you doing up here? <laughs> What's your role? Yeah, it's a question. <laughs> uh, guys, just to open up with a few uh, procedural things like I do every year. Um, when you're out, of, if you haven't been here before, when you're out of practice, please uh, stay behind the lines that we have and the barriers that we have, boundaries that we have for uh, media access to the field and the players. It's a matter of safety, and we don't want. Uh, I always say we don't want one of our players running out of bounds, running over a cameraman, and having the player get injured. Um, don't really care about the the guy <laughs> if he didn't get that. Yeah. Uh, Again, we ask that you can we, we instruct the players to do their interviews on the field after practice as they're coming off, and uh, we ask that you go out and find the guy that you'd like to talk to, um, and and they're asked to to give you some time. Uh, but we want you to wait until not only the practice has ended, but wait until the post-practice meetings with the individual players. Uh, position coaches are completed, and some of them also do uh, little post-practice individual drills. Let them do them, those drills and have their space after practice uh, without us in any way interfering with what they're trying to do, and wait till uh, RPR staff representatives give you the green light to just go out on the field and um, open up the interview session. Uh, if you have any other questions, ask any member of our staff, and we'll be able to help you. Uh, Coach Garrett generally does his uh, daily press conference in this location, and it'll be sometime in the neighborhood of noon or 12:15 uh, on a daily basis, just depending on the timing of the walkthrough and when that wraps up. Um, that's all I have for now. I'd like to turn it over to Jerry Jones. Great. Thank you, Rich. And uh, I, uh, once again, want to thank you for being here. I know what your organizations uh, do and the commitment they make to have you come. It's a big deal that you're here for the Cowboys and our organization. Uh, uh, I just appreciate the, the kind of commitment that uh, you represent being here. Someone who pays the bills, I know what it means for you to be here with us. Uh, I'd like to thank the leadership of the uh, government of uh, governance of uh, Oxnard and the community for having us back uh, here in, our, our, in uh, Oxnard. Uh, this is the 39th training camp in Southern California for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, this is the 13th year that we've had our training camp here at Oxnard. For me and my family, uh, this is the 30th training camp with the Cowboys. And I mention that not as kind of a milestone, but because I see many faces here today, many that have been in attendance at Cowboys training camp for more years than I have. You surpassed the 30. And so I do appreciate you and uh, respect the background that you have with not only what this stands for, as you well know, uh, everybody doesn't have this uh, State of the Union that uh, have these training camps, but uh, uh, feel like I owe it to you and feel like we owe it to uh, what you represent. With that in mind, I'm going to take questions. Can you start by talking just, you, you've said a lot about uh, the importance of continuity that you have with what Jason brings and the culture he's put in place and, and you kind of rebuilt both of your offensive and defensive lines and upgraded talent. With, with all of that, what are your expectations 
of what benefits you see from that continuity and culture that's been in place for this specific season? Well, from my uh, perspective, I think we've got a lot of having your cake and eat it too. And that uh, uh, obviously uh, uh, our leadership and we kept our, our uh, the key person uh, when we talk about this coaching staff is Jason Garrett. Uh, and uh, uh, as you well know, you've heard me say many times, I, on a personal basis, if I may be so bold, uh, I would say that he's a lot better coach today than he was last year, the year before that, or the year before that. That's the way it works when you are uh, uh, are driven and, and motivated. But uh, what we we're able to do is keep our coordinators, uh, basically though with uh, a real change uh, in uh, the position coaches, and if you will, uh, one of the coordinators on the special teams. Uh, this really gives us an exciting opportunity. Uh, we've got a very young team. The young team, though, at the key position are seasoned in how we've done it in the past, uh, techniques, but yet we've brought some people in that can give them a way to uh, basically expand, if you will, or, or basically improve on how they've been coached in the past. I love it. And I think it uh, really has a chance, we'll see, We'll see really as early as this training camp, but has a chance to make a big difference. I'd say our coach and our coaching staff are the number one reason that I'm excited about being uh, uh, what we've got ahead of us this year. Uh, they're going to get a chance to, uh, I think, uh, be uh, at their profession at the very best time, and that is with young players. And uh, those guys are eager. They're really listeners. Uh, they want to get better, and uh, they know the best way for them to have their own individual uh, importance is to be a part of a team and leave that, check that I and me at the door and be a part of a team. That'll be emphasized out here, I know, by the makeup of this group. So in bottom line is that I put the coaching staff right at the head of my list as why we ought to get excited. And I think we're not only that, putting something in place for this season, but for many seasons to come. Coaching staff wise. Jason, what is the challenge for you to try to win um, with a team that doesn't have Des Bryant and, and Jason Witten and a team that didn't really replace them with single individuals? I understand you're replacing them with several guys, but what they've done over the years trying to do that with, with groups. Well, two, two very, very special players. Uh, you know, two of the best this organization has ever had. Now you think about what Witten accomplished over his 15 years and what Dez has accomplished over his eight years with the Cowboys. They were significant and they had a huge impact uh, on us. Uh, but really, it's the nature of the game. And uh, one of the things that we really try to pride ourselves on is building a team. And a big part of that is, is drafting players and signing players uh, who, when uh, players move on, these other guys can kind of step up and, and grasp more of the mantle of leadership, grasp uh, the opportunity to play, uh, to hopefully make a difference for our team. And you said it, uh, we'll, we'll do it by, by committee with the tight ends. We've got three or four young guys who we really like, and uh, we're excited to see their progress. They made big progress in the spring, just over the course of 12 practices and OTAs and in the mini camp. And it'll be fun to see them put some pads on and see where they are uh, once we get into training camp. And, and similarly with the receiver group, 
a lot of continuity there when you think about Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams and Noah Brown, guys who have been with us. But we have some other guys, veteran guys who have been with other teams and some young guys that we're excited about. So uh, really appreciative of what Witt did for our team, what Dez did for our team. Uh, but now it's an opportunity for some other guys to step up. And, and, you know, we have to do a great job coaching these guys. Uh, when you have a veteran player like Jason Witten or Des Bryant, who's been with you for a long time, they know a lot of the things that you want to do each and every day in practice, how you want to run certain plays. Uh, when you have newer guys, uh, be it young guys or guys from other teams, you have to coach them on all the little details. And, and that to us is very exciting. Uh, we're, we're fired up and ready to go to get after this uh, with these young guys and show them how we want to do things. And I think they're excited to be a part of it as well. Address uh, Randy Gregory's arrival and David Irving's absence. Yes, uh, we're proud uh, of how uh, uh, Randy has persisted in uh, his desire and backed it up with what we know to be uh, trying uh, times and effort for him. And we're proud that he's at uh, camp. Uh, we by the very nature of the way the NFL runs this thing, we don't communicate a lot with him. Uh, he communicates with specific parts of which is backed by the Cowboys and backed by the NFL. But uh, I didn't spend a lot of time communicating with Randy except over the last couple of weeks. And when we knew that he'd be coming back and on what basis he'd be coming back, it wasn't even a given early that he would be out here right off the bat participating in the drills and going through this test. However, he accomplished everything he needed to do to satisfy the league that he could be right out here from day one and and uh, really uh, uh, giving himself every chance to be a part of this team. But uh, uh, it, it's important. We know firsthand that uh, uh, what a challenge uh, dependence is. Uh, naive if you have any doubt that it's a challenge. And so uh, uh, to the end that his teammates, to the end that uh, uh, we can all uh, get him on the field, we'll all be better off for it. Make no mistake about it, he's a player we want. He's a person we want. Uh, one thing that is impressive about Randy Geg Gregory is the support of the team. And by the way, that was manifest itself when the commissioner asked to review him then they got a lot of input from his teammates about uh, uh, how uh, they felt about him joining them and their future with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. David Irvin is uh, uh, dealing with uh, off-the-field issues, and uh, he's uh, by, by agreement and um, design. He's not here. Uh, we will. Uh, he's really in uh, special areas of his. Uh, uh, addressing his issues, uh, they will be ongoing. They are out here, as it turns out, they're here in California, but uh, I don't expect to see him at camp. Coach Garrett, specifically for your big playmakers, Zeke, Dak, uh, also veterans like Sean, you talked about players stepping up more this year. How much more do you expect from them this year compared to last year and also over the next couple weeks at training camp? So those guys have been great players for us. And uh, they've also been great leaders for us. You know, as a coach, when you can point to certain guys like Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, and you see them doing things the right way every day, they're great examples. And they've really embraced 
uh, that leadership role they've had since they've been here. You can say the same thing for Dak Prescott and for Zeke Elliott and many others. And on the defensive side of the ball, Sean Lee represents everything that we want, among with many other guys. So we've had a really good group of leaders here for the last few years. Uh, I think it's a tribute to the guys we've, we've brought into our team, uh, the right kind of guys, what we want in, in, in players, and I think they've embraced the culture that we've had. Now when you remove a guy like Jason Witten or Des Bryant, those guys grasp that mantle even more, and, and that's what we want them to do. Uh, the best teams that I've been around, uh, the players take over the team. The players take over the team. The coach's job is to give direction and structure and all of that. We're not absolving ourselves from that. But the guys, if you really want to be part of something special, everybody gets invested in it. And those guys have that. It's a big part of who they are. And, and I think they're excited about the opportunity. Jerry, when you say that you don't expect David at camp, do you mean out here in Oxnard <coughs> or even when you all go back to the star practice there? Uh, here at Oxnard. And, and that shouldn't imply that uh, uh, He's necessarily expected when we get back. Um, as you know, uh, the, the rules are that uh, under certain circumstances, a player can be suspended in the first games, be a part of camp. But then uh, getting back to me implies getting back in the regular season. And that's not the rules of the NFL. They don't get to be a, around the team during the uh, season uh, under a suspension. And he does have the full games. Going back to Randy Gregory, now that he is reinstated, what are y'all's goals for him, both on and off the field, this first week as he rejoins the team? Randy's not going to do much initially. Uh, we had a conditioning test this morning. He did not take part of it. Uh, we're going to work him back in. You know, he hasn't been part of our team in, in over a year. He hasn't been around NFL players in a long time. So he looks in good shape. Uh, his weight's good. Uh, spirits are really good. We're excited to have him here, but you know he's going to work with our strength coaches and with our trainers to make sure we get a good base and a good foundation underneath him before he starts practicing. Tell us what he does weigh. His weight has fluctuated. 242 pounds. 242. I think just getting his football legs back up underneath him. And we're going to be very uh, thoughtful and thorough as to how we allow him to do that. Uh, you know, it starts with drill work, and then you put him in competitive situations, and then you get him closer to playing in a game. He's a young player. He's a very instinctive player. Uh, he's got a really good feel for the game. That's one of the reasons we like him. He's an outstanding athlete. So uh, we don't think it's going to take long, but we have to check ourselves as coaches. You get excited about getting a guy like this back. You don't want to get ahead of yourselves. So we're going to be very deliberate and very thoughtful with how we go through this process. And it's just taking it step by step by step before you put him in a competitive situation. You talked about the things you're excited about this going into camp. We certainly talked about the coaches down. What are your concerns? What are, you, what, are you, what are the questions you still have about this team? Well, I, I think that um, uh, I, I would say um, a general statement would be, I hope we're healthy enough and stay healthy enough. We, we feel like, without jinxing anything, that we're in good health right now. I hope we can stay healthy enough to get the competition we need uh, and the development we need. We've got some young players that haven't played as much, some haven't played at all, uh, that we're looking at on the defense, certainly in the linebacker area, and really in the secondary. And then uh, receivers, obvious, tight ends, obvious. 
those are, are there. And frankly, these aren't old men that we've got sitting out here playing quarterback and, and playing some of these skill positions. So it'll be nice to see that go if we can do it without that old uh, availability issue, which is soft tissue injury or something like that, much less anything more. So I just hope we get a chance to get the work in we want. We want to try to be as smart as we can. As you know, things have evolved since uh, actually uh, uh, Coach Landry had the right idea and the right concept when they'd come out here and stay here weeks and weeks on end and work into it and uh, uh, probably uh, bypass some of this uh, soft tissue stuff that we deal with early with these guys all wound up by the time they get here. So I'm hopeful we get a chance to work. Jason, I thought he had a really good offseason, uh, really consistent in his approach. Uh, thought he got better and better physically uh, as he was in the offseason program on a consistent basis. Uh, Serious-minded, focused, uh, really grasped the leadership mantle in that running back room. Um, I thought he practiced really well, setting the example for the rest of the group. Uh, didn't say a whole lot. Wasn't like all of a sudden, I'm Joe Leader, I'm one of these guys. It wasn't that at all. It was just doing things the right way. Everybody sees it and uh, really set a great example for, for the standards that we want to establish for our team. So serious minded, uh, came in, looks in good shape, did well in the conditioning run this morning. So again, excited about where he is. I thought I think Jason said it perfect. I just think he's uh, I think he's a lot more serious-minded. I, I actually think that he's learned a lot uh, from his experience. Uh, I think it was difficult. I think he went through some really uh, difficult times. I think he stood for what he believed in last year, and uh, you know certainly, you know you're naive to not think there weren't distractions in his mind with what he was going through week to week, and yet uh, you know he still was. Uh, Productive, uh, predominantly in all the games that he played in, and then of course uh, he missed the six games, and then came back to work. And you know, I, you know, you got to hope a, a guy like Zeke, and I do think Zeke wants to, uh, you know, be great, not just for a year, not uh, in the short term. I think he wants to be one of the great ones to play the game, and I think uh, he's a hardworking guy who knows what it takes. And uh, I, you know, I think he's. You know, it's a process, and I think he continues to mature. And uh, as Jason said, he's taking a leadership role now. And, uh, you know, I expect him to really step up, I think, and, and have a great year this year. Jason, you talked about uh, Terrence on Monday. I'm just wondering if you had any further info about his availability at the outset. Terrence ran the conditioning run uh, this morning. Uh, he looked good, didn't have any issues. Uh, we'll have discussions about what we're going to do with him each day, certainly the outset of camp. Uh, again, we don't want to rush it. You know, those foot injuries can, can, can um, kind of reoccur if, you, if, you're, if you're not patient with them. But he's done everything we've asked him to do. He looked good with the work. We'll see how he responds to that work and really take his situation day by day. We don't anticipate doing that. Malik, uh, right now it's just Malik. Uh, that you know we're going through this right now. We'll uh, see if there's any other anybody else we would add to that. But right now, I basically see it as uh, being Malik. Has anybody else held out a conditioning test beside Randy? Uh, David Irving didn't do it. Obviously, he's not here. And then and then Randy uh, was the other one. Stephen, back on Zeke. How important was it for the franchise for him to have a quiet offseason? Oh, I think it's really important. I think it's important for him. I think it's important for his teammates. Uh, I think it's important, uh, obviously, for our franchise. And, 
you know, what people, you know, what their thoughts are on him. And uh, I think it was great that he, uh, you know, that he did have a quiet off season. And, you know, uh, you know, it's a growing process for him. He obviously, uh, you know, was a great player coming out of college and then steps into, uh, you know, a situation, the limelight there with the Dallas Cowboys and what that brings and had one of the all-time rookie seasons uh, in terms of an NFL football player. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of challenges. And, uh, uh, but I, I think it was huge that he was able to uh, really uh, get his hands around what this is all about, the challenges that are out there, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll continue. I mean, obviously nobody's perfect, but uh, uh, I certainly have a lot of confidence that, uh, you know, he's getting his hands around uh, what he needs to uh, to be a great player. Is it an element of getting it, or is that something a player always has to well, I think you're always working on that. You always are striving to be better year in and year out. And, uh, you know, Jerry and I have talked about this. Uh, you know, most of the issues that happen with NFL players are when they're young, uh, you know, their first one, two, three years in the league. And I think that's just maturity. These guys are sometimes 19, 20, 21 years old. And, uh, you know, it's a, they're, they're maturing each and every year. And I think as each year passes, he'll, he'll certainly uh, – understand uh, what works, what doesn't work. And, uh, you know, he knows uh, that he's under the, you know, he's under the limelight now and, uh, you know, under a magnifying glass. And uh, I think he gets that. Jerry, the anthem issue remains unsettled. Why has it been so difficult for the owners to find a place to kind of settle that thing down? Well, I obviously wouldn't dare speak for uh, any of the other owners, much less in general, about 31 other owners. But uh, as far as the uh, Dallas Cowboys are concerned, you know where I stand. Our team knows where I stand on the issue. And uh, that's, uh, uh, that's where we are. But uh, uh, I uh, do think this recent uh, uh, effort by uh, the league office and the Players Association to have discussions about something that would uh, meet uh, a consensus of everybody, everybody being uh, management teams as well as players, as well as their representative union is a, a worthy effort. And uh, that's, uh, that's what you're seeing happen right now. But in general, I'll speak to one and uh, everybody knows where I stand and we stand as a team. Did you have a written policy in place? Did you have a written policy in place this off season before uh, they decided to go to this and consult again with the NFL. It's, it's our, our uh, position that we've always had a written policy in place. That in and of itself is an issue, uh, the interpretation of that policy. But I think we've always had a policy in place. Uh, but more importantly than anything, uh, we certainly have a policy uh, relative to uh, uh, the team. And uh, that is... Uh, uh, very clear. That to the league. I know last they asked teams to submit a policy <coughs> on discipline for players. Have you submitted that to the league? And what is the discipline uh, if a player violated the policy? That requirement to send more to the league regarding the anthem issue was put on hold by both the league as well as the players' association, and that was the net result of that. Uh, that was put on hold. It did not impact our position, my position relative to the Cowboys, just as the vote didn't impact that, that the league made. Our position is real clear 
uh, as far as uh, you should stand. Can you talk about what's your position with uh, the pizza uh, and, and Papa John's in, in light of the comments that uh, he made, Shatner made, and other teams distancing themselves to Papa John's? Yes, some, uh, some teams that uh, I've noticed that have addressed the Papa John's issue uh, by distancing themselves do not have the same relationship that the Cowboys have with the Papa John's business in Texas. Uh, we own the Papa John's in Texas and feel strongly that our Cowboys are the uh, big face of Papa John's and that was war that that state that judgment is warranted by what we've done over the last 15 years with Papa John's. Uh, that's very uh, unfortunate uh, that that's being addressed, uh, uh, unfortunate for the company and unfortunate for uh, uh, John. I'm sure if he could do it over again, he'd like do-overs. But uh, the bottom line is that uh, the Cowboys and our relationships, we own those stores. Not, it's not an endorsement. Uh, we have those similar to the way Elway does in Denver. And so the point is that uh, uh, we just want to work real hard. We literally have thousands of people that work in those stores and several thousands that are customers, and we want to, that to have uh, uh, the kind of uh, 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 taste in your mouth that we want to have when you have Papa John's, to use a phrase. Jerry, just one more thing on the anthem. To my understanding, the new owner's policy allows players to stay in the locker room who choose to, would you support a player who uh, felt strongly that he needed to stay in the locker room during the playing of the anthem? Is that for me or Jason? For you. For me. No, our, our policy is that uh, you stand at the anthem toe on the line. Does the president returning to this subject regularly make it more difficult for you and the union to come to some kind of agreement on this situation? Yes, his interest in what we're doing is problematic from my chair, and uh, I would say in general the owner's chair. Uh, unprecedented if you really think about it. And um, so, uh, but uh, like, like the very game itself, that's the way it is and uh, we'll deal with it. Uh, we, we feel uh, strongly about uh, uh, how we deal with it and uh, uh, we'll do so uh, accordingly. But uh, uh, yes, I'd like, uh, everybody would like for it to go away. Jerry, it seemed at the end of last year that both the league and the union were working well in Congress together on this issue. What was behind the decision for the league to move unilaterally in creating uh, the policy? Well, uh, the, the, the thing that it seemed might or might not have been the case, that they were working well on the issue. Uh, the facts are that uh, there were parts of uh, the union players that were working separate from that as well. And so the whole point cries out for uh, sitting down and, and coming together and doing what's in the best interest of NFL football, which in the end is the best interest of the players and, um, and fans. And so uh, that's, uh, that's where I'm going. What changed from where the league agreed was that the union said, 
we won't make you put that at your opening day uh, uh, policy. We won't make you draw a bright line there. Let's wait, don't do that, and let's keep talking about it and see how it goes. And that's what we're in right now. But uh, as far as that, as far as really the vote in, uh, uh, that we had as league in uh, um, the spring, it doesn't impact uh, our team. Uh, our, our team, uh, we all know where we stand. Stephen, hypothetically, hypothetically, if a team had an interest in a veteran player who was not currently in camp with the team that he was under contract to, and camps began to open and more and more public conversation uh, filled the airwaves and the consciousness, hypothetically, what might that do to the team's endeavors to try to acquire that player? Well, I don't like to answer hypotheticals. I'll start with that, but, uh, you, know, you know, my point is always this. Uh, we're always looking to be better uh, in terms of improving our roster. Uh, you know, we think we've got a real solid roster in place right now. Uh, it's going to be very competitive. Uh, I actually believe this is going to be one of the more interesting camps in years uh, because of, you know, some of the unknowns that are out there. No one's naive here. When you miss Witten's production and Dez's production, somebody's going to have to step up. I did notice where Tony said no one knew Miles Austin was going to be Miles Austin either until he got the opportunity. So, you know, I think there's going to be stories right like that that can unfold. In the meantime, uh, you know, as we watch these players battle and we watch these players compete, uh, you know, to to take up some of the slack when you're missing Hall of Fame type players and a Jason Witten and all Des and all the great things he did for us, then, you know, we'll be observing that. And uh, when opportunities arise out there to improve our roster, then we're going we're gonna to jump on that. And, uh, you know, you, you're always aware of what's going on, you know, whether players are reporting or unhappy or those type of things that sometimes those do lead to uh, opportunities. So we'll keep our eye on that. How comfortable are you with the safety position as the roster now stands? I mean, there's not a lot of you know, we were really pleased, uh, you know, visiting with uh, Jason and and uh, Coach Rossard and Greg Jackson and Rod that, uh, you know, these guys uh, really had a good off season. Uh, but, you know, you don't play the game of football in shorts and shells. Uh, you know, a lot's going to come to fruition out here. And uh, but. Uh, we do believe there are players that are going to step up. Obviously, uh, we all know Xavier Woods did a lot of impressive things. Uh, not unexpected. As you know, we gave a future pick to move up and get him because of where we had him on our board. And one of his biggest attributes was making plays on the ball, and that's showing up. And uh, uh, certainly, uh, that's a big part of playing defense. If you can make plays and create turnovers and do those type of things, he certainly uh, showed a propensity to do that. Of course. Uh, we have Heath back there, and certainly uh, Kayvon did some good things. And then we got some young players that are going to be competing as well. But uh, we'll continue to look for, uh, for ways to improve that situation if we uh, feel like it's needed. And if the right situation presents itself, then we'd certainly look at it. Have you had any discussions lately with Seattle about the <coughs> No. So luck with the last time they've been around the draft? Around the draft. We've seen Dak Prescott show great leadership skills first day he became a Cowboy. In what ways can he continue to become a better leader at this point in his career? I just think it's natural. The more you play and the more you're around people, I, th I think you just grasp that mantle uh, firmer and firmer. And uh, I, I think he's done that. Um, 
you said it right from the start. He had these incredible interpersonal skills as a rookie coming in in a very challenging situation. You know, Tony Romo gets hurt. He's thrust into the forefront. Uh, but he just had an amazing way of connecting with people. It wasn't, you know, huge speeches or, or anything like that. It was just uh, getting to know guys and connecting with guys. And, and really, the, the, the number one trait of a quarterback is to get people to play for you. And I think he's demonstrated that really throughout his life and certainly since he's been here. So the more starts you have, the more years you're here, the more comfortable you get. And, and I just think he continues to grasp more and more of it. And that's really good for our team. In what, in what areas is this offense better suited to his skill set than the one he stepped in as a rookie? And where do you want to see the most improvement from him in this camp going forward? Uh, I don't know how to answer the first question other than, you know, one of the things you always try to do as a coaching staff and as an organization is create a great environment for your players. And uh, the, the player, maybe more than any other on your team, is creating a great environment for your quarterback. And you do that a lot of different ways, putting good players around him, creating a, a system that, that suits uh, his strengths and highlights his strengths and maybe minimizes some of the things that it doesn't do quite as well. Uh, when you have a guy like Dak Prescott, he's capable of doing so much. Uh, you know, he's capable as a drop back passer. He's capable moving and throwing, you know, with design uh, nakeds and rolls that we'll have on our offense. But he's also capable of doing some of the zone read type stuff. Uh, that you see many colleges do. He had a lot of experience doing that. So there's really nothing that you say, boy, so let's stay away from that. He's not capable of doing it. Uh, the biggest thing we try to do is focus in uh, on the stuff that we want to do and, and get enough reps at it so we can get good at it collectively. Um, you know, we feel like we have good players around them, feel very good about our offensive line, feel good about our young tight ends, feel good about the competition we're going to have at receiver. And obviously, our runner is one of the best in the league. So I think there are good pieces around him. He, he, he's as big a piece as we have on the offensive side of the ball. We're really excited about where he's been and where he's going. Why do you feel good about your young tight ends? Just what we've seen from them. Uh, r really in their roles over the last couple of years. Witt's taken so many snaps. Witt was such a great player and that he was able to do everything we asked him to do. So it wasn't like, let's take Witten out of there, let's put somebody else in. You know, he was as good at any skill that we would ask a tight end to do than anybody we had. Um, but when these guys got opportunities in two tight end sets, three tight end sets, you know, they always seem to do a pretty good job with what we asked them to do. And this spring, each of them, I think they grew. They grew as blockers. They grew as receivers. I think they're becoming more and more confident. So it'll be a nice competition. It'll be a nice battle there. It'll be fun to watch. Jerry, over the years, you've been patient with players with <coughs> off-field issues. You were patient with Randy through this process. Now, apparently, with, with David as well. What has to happen for your patience to run out on guys? Well, I think the better answer, the better way to phrase phrase it is when it does work out that workout makes up for all the ones that didn't and usually you are dealing with a situation that the player is a impactful player uh, that's important so when it does it's very very meaningful uh, for instance, and it has nothing to do with the, the same situation, but Jalen Smith is uh, somebody that could be very rewarding for you. And uh, when you do that, that keeps you going back and uh, using a high pick second for a red shirt. So 
what happens is a success, even though it might uh, be a lower percentage, uh, causes you to uh, uh, stay tuned and stay interested in uh, uh, maybe a value that others have uh, just decided not to take as far as risk. Coach, Jerry said that you've improved every year as a head coach. How, what are the areas you've seen the most improvement with yourself, and how will that be applicable to this year, your eighth season, with such a young team? Well, hopefully every area. And, uh, you know, one of the things we try to do with our team and the culture we've tried to build is we've got to be honest in evaluating ourselves. And, uh, you know, we do that with our players. After every game, we go through it. We tell them what we think is good, what's not quite so good, independent of what the result is. Uh, we're very process-oriented, and we have to do the same thing with us as coaches. So I would think that every aspect of what my responsibilities are as a head coach, hopefully I've gotten better at those things. Uh, we try to look at it with a critical eye. Uh, we try to recognize the things that we feel like we've done well, try to build on those, and then, then clean up some of the stuff that hasn't been quite as good. And, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about young players maturing, all of that. Every one of us is a work in progress. I put my, myself at the top of the list as a person, as a coach, in, in every aspect of my life. So you're always trying to get better. You're always striving to, to, to build on the good and clean up the bad and keep going forward. What areas needed to be cleaned up? Every area. Every, no, honestly, I mean, it, it, the, the job that, that I have, it's, it's a comprehensive job. Uh, you think about building a team and how you interact uh, with your coaches and interact with your players and the systems you put in place and how you present yourself to those guys, um, how, you, uh, how you make adjustments to staff, to scheme, um, the day-to-day, -day, you know, how you conduct a meeting, how you conduct a practice, how you function in a game, all those things. And, uh, again, um, we try to look at ourselves. I know I look at myself with a very critical eye, and you just simply have to get better. And that's the kind of culture we try to create with everybody. Jerry, if you believe coaches get better every year, do you have any thoughts on why it took you so long to keep a coach as long as you kept Jason around? Well, I look uh, for um, there, there may be other circumstances uh, that uh, you could see that uh, deterred you from uh, thinking more long term. Obviously, could have been easily wrong with Wade Phillips. He turns around and not to take away from anybody, but almost single-handedly wins the Super Bowl over Denver. And so you, uh, you never know. If you look at uh, the NFL, you see a whole world that's in coaches one loss as a criteria. You see a whole world in around that 50% range. Uh, and then all of a sudden you'll see a spike and all of a sudden somebody gets one. I look back and I see three or four years that we didn't get one that I believe we could have gotten one. We were there, we dropped the ball. You've heard me say many times we missed a chance with Romo as our quarterback. Uh, but we got one. When I look at where we are, I give us relative to the experience that we have with Jason and his, his, just his evolving. I think that gives us the best chance to use that and bump up from where the world is in that 50% range. Everybody wants to step in like we did when we first got here and win three out of four in seven years. 
Everybody wants to do that. That's not the NFL that I see. And so I think it's as logical as watching my step when I walk off this stage that uh, Jason is better and the right man for this job, uh, even though he didn't get coach of the year last year. So having said that, I'm, I'm very solid in my thinking. Everybody here knows I'll take a risk with anybody. But I also would like for you to review pragmatic decisions, some pretty logical type decisions as well, absent the risk. All of this weighs in it. I see as close, Stephen, we see as better than anybody in the world, Jason, better than anybody. And consequently, uh, I'm excited about him being our head coach. Has the league given you any indication that Terrence Williams might face punishment from the league from the car crash that evening a couple months ago? No. Yep. No indication. And I can say the same thing. Yep. Not at this point, no. Did you have any discussions with Terrell Owens about his decision to skip the Hall of Fame? Did you try to talk him into going to the ceremony? Well, I did have discussions um, with him. Uh, I had one of the great experiences that ever happened to me last year. He did not ask my advice. Had he asked my advice, or had I been compelled to, I would have shared with him that this is a mistake. You, for your own reasons, but more importantly, because of fans, you should participate. I didn't give him that advice, and consequently, uh, uh, you, you see where he's going. But uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he is making a mistake, and, uh, but uh, that's his decision. Terrell, Terrell, as you know, has a mind of his own. Drafted a linebacker in the first round, middle linebacker. What are your expectations for Jalen now, and how do you see his role this year? Well, I I just think that uh, we could with Sean. I got to include Sean Lee there, and frankly, uh, the guys that are going to be out there with him to make up our linebacking core. Uh, I, I think the potential of Jalen Smith and uh, our draft pick and Sean Lee give us a chance to. Uh, uh, maybe have one of our best uh, uh, defensive front sevens and uh, have a Gregory come on in here and Lawrence stay healthy and uh, you can get pretty excited about this stuff on the first day of training camp. But I think uh, uh, if, if, they're, if he is the player, the two of them are the players they think we are, then uh, we're going to be, we're, we're really going to be in great shape with that front seven. Jason, what, what are your thoughts on Layton as you bring him into that? We're excited about him. Uh, obviously, uh, we're excited enough to pick him as high as we did in the first round. We feel like he has all the intangible qualities that you want in a player and certainly all the physical traits that you're looking for. And, uh, you know, he's big, he's fast, he's instinctive. Um, he's a very, very good athlete. I think he demonstrated all of that in college, and I think that's what we've seen since we had him. He missed the last couple weeks of the offseason program. He, he, he missed some practice for an ankle, but he's healthy now. And we're excited to get him in the mix. And, uh, you know, uh, like what Mr. Jones was saying, you have Sean Lee there uh, as your leader at that linebacker position throughout your defense. And you have Jalen coming and you have Layton, uh, you know, being around those guys and learning the game from them. 
Uh, it's an exciting group, and uh, we all know that you need a lot of guys at the linebacker position. You play in base, you play in nickel. There are a lot of different situations that those guys play in. We're excited to have them all. We're excited about the competition. Now, you're also gaining a lot of fans in Boise. I just want to know if there's anything in particular you have with you know, Boise State and just I think you got five guys in the roster. You obviously still got talent on staff. Just what is it about uh, that program that brings you a lot of players or even coaching? Anybody that dances with the wolf, <laughs> we like them. Has got something. We kind of like them. Steven, we've asked you a ton of questions recently about Dak's future with his contract, but I'm just curious in light of the deal that Todd Gurley signed yesterday, you've got Zeke kind of in a similar situation. Just what your thoughts are on, on the running back market and how that's changing? Well, obviously that changed it. I mean, that was a, uh, you know, certainly. Uh, you know, move the market in terms of running backs. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, you've got great running backs out there right now that have been wanting to move that market. And, uh, you know, for a while there, there was, uh, you know, that kind of went with the running backs that you could pick them later uh, in the draft, uh, that you didn't necessarily need to allocate, uh, you know, big sums of money when you're trying to work through how you divide up and how you, uh, you know, how you allocate your salary cap. But, uh, you know, obviously when we picked Zeke, uh, you know, that was the first time in a while a running back uh, had been picked that high. I would probably submit to you, Gurley might would have been picked that high had he not been coming off a significant injury. But, uh, you know, you throw in Saquon and some of these guys, I think when you see uh, these type of backs that are, you know, that are, have these type of skills that can make a difference, uh, you know, for these teams, then, uh, Certainly, uh, I think everybody's understanding their value, and certainly will affect Zeke. I'm sure Zeke smiled big when he when, when he saw it. But uh, you know, I certainly put uh, you know I wouldn't take Zeke for anybody. I mean, I wouldn't take anybody for Zeke. I I just think we've got the best one uh, in the league, and I think he's put his uh, off the field issues behind him, and I expect him to do very special things. And just as I said with. Uh, Dak, I hope we're looking at big numbers on, on both of them because that'll mean they've had great years. And I would submit to you if they both go out and have great years that uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a great year too. Jerry, it's been a few years since we've asked you the proverbial hot seat question and maybe you kind of already answered it, but is this a playoffs or bust year for Jason? No. Just That's the best answer I can give and the fairest one. Thank you. They got it. Thanks. Good job, Scott.